0: Hello friends, welcome to the One Year Bible Tour Guide, and we are ready to enter a new season today, June 21st, and we start a new book, the 12th book of the Old Testament, the book of 2 Kings. And we will continue to glean inspiration from the history of the early church in the book of Acts as we read through the Bible in a year using the One Year Bible Plan, My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and it's great to have you with us today. In the New Testament readings, we are learning more about the important work of evangelism and discipleship in the early church. This is something very dear to my heart, and we are offering evangelism training workshops in churches here in New England, and over the years we have developed discipling materials that we want to make available to the world at large. According to new data, more than six of every ten believers don't know any methods for telling others about their faith in Christ. We want to do all that we can to remedy that, and we will be joining Restore New England and offering evangelism training throughout New England. Registration is available for the next event at the RestoreNewEngland.org website. Let's go promptly to today's reading in the Old Testament. We are starting the book of 2 Kings. No one is certain of the author of First and Second Kings, It is guessed that an unknown writer from Judah, living during the exile period in Babylon, intended to preserve the history of the Jewish people from the death of King David in 97 B.C. until the fall of the northern kingdom of Israel, to the Assyrians in 722 B.C., and the southern kingdom of Judah to the Babylonians in 586 B.C. Originally one scroll, the Book of Kings was divided into two by the translators of the Septuagint, Against the dark background of spiritual declension and continued failures of human government, the prophets of the Lord remind us of God's faithfulness to call His people to righteousness through repentance and faith. So let's start the book of Second Kings, beginning with chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Ahab, Moab rebelled against Israel. Now Ahaziah fell through the lattice in his upper chamber in Samaria and lay sick, So he sent messengers, telling them, Go, inquire of Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover from this sickness. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishpite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say to them, Is it because there is no god in Israel that you are going to inquire of Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron? Now therefore, thus says the Lord, You shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. So Elijah went. The messengers returned to the king and said to them, Why have you returned? And they said to him, There came a man to meet us, and said to us, Go back to the king who sent you, and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Is it because there is no god in Israel that you are sending to inquire of Baal-zebub, the god of Akron? Therefore you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. He said to them, What kind of man was he who came to meet you and told you these things? They answered him, He wore a garment of hair with a belt of leather about his waist, and he said, It is Elijah the Tishbite. Then the king sent to him a captain of fifty men with his fifty. He went up to Elijah, who was sitting on the top of a hill, and said to him, O man of God, the king says, Come down. But Elijah answered the captain of fifty, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty. Then fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Again the king sent to him another captain of fifty men with his fifty, and he answered and said to him, O man of God, this is the king's order, come down quickly. But Elijah answered them, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty. Then the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him with his fifty. Again the king sent the captain of a third fifty with his fifty. And the third captain of the fifty went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and entreated him, O man of God, please let my life and the life of these fifty servants of yours be precious in your sight. Behold, fire came down from heaven and consumed the two former captains of fifty men with their fifties, but now let my life be precious in your sight. So the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him, do not be afraid of him. So he arose and went down with him to the king, and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Because you have sent messengers to inquire of Baalzebub, the god of Ekron, is it because there is no god in Israel to inquire of his word? Therefore you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. So he died according to the word of the Lord that Elijah had spoken. Jehoram became king in his place in the second year of Jehoram the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, because Ahaziah had no son. Now the rest of the acts of Ahaziah that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? Chapter 2 Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here. For the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets, who were in Bethel, came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. Ask what I shall do for you, before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven, and Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen, and he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes, and tore them in two pieces, and he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen on him, and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him, and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other, and Elisha went over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho saw him opposite them, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. And they said to him, Behold now, There are with your servants fifty strong men. Please let them go and seek your master. It may be that the Spirit of the Lord has caught him up and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley. And he said, You shall not send. But when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said, Send. They sent therefore fifty men, and for three days they sought him but did not find him. And they came back to him while he was staying at Jericho, and he said to them, Did I not say to you, Do not go? Now the men of the city said to Elisha, Behold, the situation of this city is pleasant as my Lord sees, but the water is bad, and the land is unfruitful. He said, Bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went to the spring of water and threw salt in it and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water, From now on neither death nor miscarriage shall come from it. So the water has been healed to this day, according to the word that Elisha spoke. He went up from there to Bethel, and while he was going up on the way, some small boys came out of the city and jeered at him, saying, Go up, you bald head, go up, you bald head. And he turned around, and when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord, and two she-bears came out of the woods and tore forty-two of the boys. From there he went on to Mount Carmel, and from there he returned to Samaria. This concludes our reading from the Old Testament portion today from the book of Second Kings. The book of Second Kings starts with the fall of Ahaziah, which involves a literal fall through the lattice in his upper chamber, which results in an illness from which he will not recover. The fact that he continued in the idolatrous sins of his father Ahab is evident as he sends messengers to inquire of Baal, the god of Ekron, what will happen in his future. The writer uses the name Baal Baalzebub, the lord of the flies, a name used by faithful believers to mock the name given to the false god of Baal, Baal Baalzebub, meaning Baal, the prince. The word Baal literally means master or lord, and generally refers to the false gods worshipped by the pagans. Baalzebub means Lord of the Flies. It means Lord of Death or Lord of Filth because flies are attracted to dead corpses or garbage. In the New Testament, Beelzebub is referred to as the Prince of Demons, in Matthew chapter ten verse twenty five, chapter twelve verse twenty four, the Gospel of Mark chapter three verse twenty two and the gospel of luke chapter 11 verse 15 how sad that the king of israel would choose to consort with demons rather than repent and go to the one true god when king ahaziah hears elijah's message that he will certainly die he is not satisfied he sends two delegations of fifty to make an appeal to elijah the man of god to come and meet him elijah is not impressed with the fact that the king recognizes him as a man of god If I am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume your fifty men. Then the fire falls and consumes the captain and his fifty men. The king sends a second delegation, and the same thing happens to them. The proud and stubborn king sends a third delegation, but the captain falls on his knees and begs for mercy. Under the Lord's direction, Elijah agrees to spare the third captain's life and his fifty men. Elijah, meaning the Lord is God, rebukes, King Ahaziah for turning away from God to the demonic Lord of filth. Elijah delivers the message God gave him. Ahaziah's sickbed would be his deathbed. In 2 Kings chapter 2, we have a foreshadowing of the book of Acts chapter 1. Ascending Master, Elijah in the Old Testament, Jesus in the New Testament, Waiting Disciples, Elisha in the Old Testament, the Disciples of Jesus in the New Testament, God's Descending Power, the Holy Spirit, clothing humanity from on high, and an ongoing ministry, Elisha in the Old Testament and the Church in the New Testament. Elijah does not die physically, but is taken up in a whirlwind with chariots of fire. His disciple, Elisha, requests to be his successor as a servant of God. It is good to have the desire to be a good leader, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, but one must first demonstrate that they are a good follower, The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Elisha follows Elijah to Bethel, Jericho, and to the Jordan. This is a downward journey towards the lowest place on the planet, the mouth of the Jordan River at the Dead Sea. There Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the left and to the right, and the two crossed over on dry ground. Crossing the Jordan on dry ground is a picture of the believer's identification with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. On the other side, the resurrection side of the Jordan, Elisha enjoys fellowship with Elijah on new ground. Elijah invites Elisha to make a request of him. Elisha asks for a double portion. This request was not a request to have twice as much as Elijah, even though we see Elisha did twice as many miracles. The expression double portion referred to the inheritance portion of the firstborn son. The firstborn son inherited a double portion of his father's property when his father died, twice as much as the other sons. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 21, verse 17, we read, He must acknowledge the son of his unloved wife as the firstborn by giving him a double share of all he has. That son is the first sign of his father's strength. The right of the firstborn belongs to him. Elisha was asking to be Elijah's heir. He was asking to have the prophetic office and the power of the Spirit to fulfill that office. But that decision was not Elijah's to make. It was up to God. Elijah prophesied that if Elisha did see Elijah being lifted up, a picture of the foreshadowing of Christ's ascension and glorification, He would receive that privilege otherwise not second kings chapter 2 verse 10 elisha does see elijah lifted up and receives the double portion symbolized by the mantle of elijah elisha strikes the waters of the jordan with the mantle and the waters divided to the left and the right so he could cross over on dry ground like moses at the red sea joshua and his master elijah at the jordan Notice the similarities between the miracles in Elijah's ministry and those in Elisha's. Here is a list of miracles in the career of Elijah: Number one, causing the rain to cease for three and a half years. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse one. Number two, being fed by the ravens. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse four. Number three, the miracle of the barrel of meal and the cruse of oil in First Kings chapter 17, verse fourteen. Number four the resurrection of the widow's son in 1 kings chapter 17 verse 22 number 5 calling a fire from heaven on the altar in 1 kings chapter 18 verse 38 number 6 causing it to rain 1 kings chapter 18 verse 45 number 7 prophecy that Ahab's sons would all be destroyed in 1 kings chapter 21 verse 22 number 8 Prophecy that Jezebel would be eaten by dogs, first Kings chapter twenty-one, verse twenty-three. Number nine, prophecy that Ahaziah would die of his illness in Second Kings chapter one four. Number ten, calling fire from heaven upon the first fifty soldiers in Second Kings chapter two, verse ten. Number eleven, calling fire from heaven upon the second fifty soldiers in second Kings two twelve. And then number twelve parting of the jordan in 2 kings chapter 2 verse 8 number 13 prophecy that elisha should have a double portion of his spirit 2 kings 2 verse 10 and number 14 being caught up to heaven in a whirlwind 2 kings chapter 2 verse 11 now notice the list of the miracles in the career of elisha Number one, the parting of the Jordan in Second Kings chapter two, verse fourteen. Number two, the healing of the waters in Second Kings chapter two, verse twenty-one. Number three, the curse of the she bears in Second Kings chapter two, verse twenty-four. Number four, the filling of the valley with water in Second Kings chapter three, verse seventeen. Number five, the deception of the Moabites with the valley of blood in Second Kings chapter three, verse twenty-two. Number six, the miracle of the vessels of oil in Second Kings chapter four, verse four. Number seven, the prophecy. That the Shunammite woman would have a son in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 16. Number 8, the resurrection of the Shunammite son in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 34. Number 9, the healing of the gourds in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 41. Number 10, the miracle of the bread in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 43. Number 11, the healing of Naaman in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 14. Number 12, the perception and of Gehazi's transgression, in 2 Kings 5, verse 26. Number 13, the cursing of Gehazi with leprosy, in 2 Kings 5, verse 27. Number 14, the floating of the axe head, in 2 Kings 6, verse 6. Number 15, the prophecy of the Syrian battle plans, in 2 Kings 6, verse 9. Number 16, the vision of the chariots in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, number 17, the smiting of the Syrian army with blindness in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 18, number 18, restoring the sight of the Syrian army in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 20, number 19, the prophecy to the end of the great famine in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1, number 20, the prophecy that the scoffing noblemen would see but not partake of the abundance in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 2. Number 21, the deception of the Syrians with the sound of chariots. In 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 6. Number 22, the prophecy of the seven year famine. In 2 Kings 8, verse 1. Number 23, the prophecy of Ben Hadad's untimely death. In 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 10. And then number 24, prophecy of Hazael's cruelty to Israel in 2 Kings chapter 8 verse 12. Number 25, the prophecy that Jehu would smite the house of Ahab in 2 Kings chapter 9 verse 7. Number 26, the prophecy that Joash would smite the Syrians at Aphek in 2 Kings chapter 13 verse 17. And number 27, the prophecy that Joash would smite Syria thrice but not consume it in Second Kings chapter thirteen verse nineteen and number twenty eight. The resurrection of the man touched by his bones in Second Kings chapter thirteen verse twenty one. The miracles in Second Kings chapter two foreshadow the power of the gospel. Jesus is the salt and the new vessel that heals the water supply. Now let's go to today's reading in the New Testament, the book of Acts chapter thirteen verses 42 through chapter 14, verse 7. The book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 42. As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Chapter 14 Now at Iconium they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided, some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Darby, cities of Lycaonia, and to the surrounding country, and there they continued to preach the gospel. This concludes our reading from today's portion in the New Testament. Apostle Paul preached the gospel in Pisidian Antioch and many were intrigued they wanted to hear more notice that evangelism is a process paul came back to speak further some believed some didn't and began to slander paul in chapter 13 verse 45 paul and barnabas would go to the synagogue first for the gospel was to the jew first romans chapter 1 verse 16 but the rejection of the message by the Jews led to an open door among the Gentiles, that is the non-Jews. Acts chapter 13 verse 48. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. Once again, authentic church growth is the result of the ministry of the word of God. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. Acts chapter 13 verse 49. Paul and Barnabas leave because of persecution. They are not described as weary, discouraged, or battle-worn. In Acts chapter 13 verse 52 we read, "And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit." From here on in the book of Acts, we see a harvest of souls among both Jews and Gentiles. Yet many Jews actively resisted Paul's message and attempted to stir up trouble. Paul and Barnabas experienced great boldness in their speaking, and the Lord confirmed the message with signs and wonders. We see these signs accompanying the early ministry of the apostles until about 58 A.D. Now let's go to the Bible's song and prayer book, the Book of Psalms. And today we read Psalm 139, a great psalm about the Lord's omniscience. Search me, O God, and know my heart. To the choir master, a psalm of David. I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Let's just take a moment to reflect upon this wonderful psalm. Knowing us thoroughly, he assures us that his love and blessings are ours in Christ Jesus. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 4. And then we have this prayer at the end. Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. What a counselor and what a friend we have in Jesus. Now let's read from the Bible's treasure chest of wisdom, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 17, verses 19 and 21. Whoever loves transgression loves strife. He who makes his door high seeks destruction. A man of crooked heart does not discover good, and one with a dishonest tongue falls into calamity. He who sires a fool gets himself sorrow, and the father of a fool has no joy. These are proverbs that expose evil, unfriendly, perverse, and deceitful motives of heart. They affect our attitudes and actions. Do we look for fights? Are we preoccupied with self-interest? Do we examine our hearts? We should pray as the psalmist did, Search me and know my heart, O God. The results of these motivations, if left unchecked, will lead to disaster. The final proverb reminds us that parents experience grief if their children become fools. Because of human nature, the world system, and the devil, children can become a disappointment and cause a loss of joy. In contrast, the Apostle Paul says that he has no greater joy than to hear that his children walk in the truth, 3 John 1, verse 4 parenthood requires grace now let's pray lord jesus we want to be faithful followers we want to fix our eyes on you high and lifted up in your ascended glory we want to follow you through every trial knowing that you have gone before us knowing our struggles and have secured our needed provision of your grace We pray that as faithful followers, we will be faithful leaders, leading people to faith in who you are and what you have done to author our salvation. We pray that we will be faithful to the ministry of your word, that we will be faithful to hear it, faithful to proclaim it, and faithful to do it. We pray for a word of God revival in our land that we would see its ministry growing and multiplying, dispelling the darkness, delivering the captive, and building up the body of Christ worldwide. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being with us today as we've started 2 Kings and continued the book of Acts, and we've recognized our omniscient counselor and asked him to search our hearts. I trust that we will experience the benefit of our time in the Word today. So until tomorrow, may God bless you and be gracious to you. If you have any questions or comments, we love hearing from you. So you can write us at podcast at newlife.org. And if you'd like to subscribe for a daily email with a written copy of our daily Bible reading portion, you can go to our website, newlife.org. In the meanwhile, keep laying hold of the one who has laid hold of you in his matchless grace.